Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 20, season two of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're live here every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season well, Richie, it was a shorter round this week and a um, bit of a mixed bag with an upset, a blowout and two close games, including a, a woeful Warriors performance. Um, what were your thoughts on the round? Hey, Brad. It's always a pleasure coming to chat for you with you, mate. This makes my night. Um, yeah, the Warriors the Warriors performance will put a damper on the rest of the weekend for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> wasn't the greatest. Had me tearing some hair up. How about you? Yeah, a bit of the same. Um Kind of was enjoying the football in the weekend, and then yeah, the last game um, kind of left a sour taste in my mouth, which we're going to cover very shortly. Um, <laughs> but while we're we're here live on Wednesday evenings at eight pm, you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week, a review of the round seventeen matches, and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from all of you and ourselves um, before we preview State of Origin 3 and Round 18 and make our picks for both. And then we'll end the night um, with a recap of Super League. I see Simon's here. Uh, good evening, Simon. Hope you're Hi, doing Simon. well. Um, so, yeah, remember to send us comments throughout the show and some questions so we can answer them. And we may as well just get into the top stories of the week. Richie. Let's do it. I think the biggest one um obviously is covid um kind of getting sick of talking about covid but here it is again um sydney's outbreak has has got pretty bad um and it's caused the nrl to completely relocate the entire competition um to queensland um for anywhere up to three months um they've said the 12 teams affected have been split into three um hubs um, so I'll just break the hubs down before we just chat about it. So we've got the Sunshine Coast Hub, which is Panthers, Knights, Roosters, and Manly. Uh, the Gold Coast Hub, which is the Bulldogs, Eels, Rabbitohs, Raiders, and Warriors. And then the Brisbane Hub, which is the Dragon, Sharks, and Tigers. 
Um, so before we move on to some more details, what are your thoughts on this whole relocation? Well, it's pretty much necessary with what's what's happening. So, um, yeah, the worry is it's kind of like business as per. We're, um, we haven't been at home anyway, and, and you know, our, our preparation and everything this year hasn't been ideal at all, even on the weekend, you know, with our caterers and, and us having to stay on our bus. So we're used to disruption this year and the year before. Um, Hopefully everyone moving to Queensland, some of that Queensland losing spirit will rub off on the teams around us. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's just kind of necessary. Yeah, and Simon's put um, Melbourne Storm back in Melbourne. Yeah, so Melbourne, Melbourne are fine um, because Victoria's doing okay um, for the time being. I think if that changes, um, you'll find them, they'll probably fit into, I'd say... Well, they would go to the Sunshine Coast, I imagine, um, since that's where they've been anyway. But for the Queensland-based play, uh, teams, they're all going to be playing out of Suncorp, Seabus um, Super Stadium and Sunshine Coast Stadium. Um, and the draw is going to remain the same, um, which is a bonus. Um, there's not too much disruption there. Um and they were talking numbers in terms of value. They were saying that it's going to cost the NRL between 12 and 15 million a month mm. to host all these teams. Um, and yeah, they're envisioning it could go as long as 12 weeks, which could potentially also mean the grand final may be played at Suncorp potentially, um, which is the first time it wouldn't, the grand final wouldn't be in Sydney in, in the history of the NRL, um, which is kind of a big deal. But yeah, it's. Um, the cynic in me, I guess, uh, I may as well get my little rant out of the way early. But um, I've seen a lot of fans and players complaining about this, like saying we, we shouldn't be away from our families and stuff. And it's a valid point, and I understand. But um, as a Warriors fan um, who's been sitting here for almost two years, mm. not being able to see my team and my players – been away from family this year they've got their like children and, and partners with them but they're still like your brothers and sisters your cousins your your own parents that you haven't got to see and you don't hear the warriors players coming out and complaining they're just getting on with it so to, to see some of these guys going i'm not going to see my family for like three weeks and it's what was me um it's hard to feel as sorry for them as I probably would because they're complaining so much when they've kind of had it easy compared to the Warriors and even Melbourne. Melbourne, you know, they spent a lot of last year and some of this year stuck on the Sunshine Coast. So yeah. um, these other teams um, from Sydney that their idea of an away game is a 20-minute drive up the road, they've just got to harden up as, as um, hard as that may be for them to hear. Um They've got to suck it up, buttercup, and um, get on if they want to keep this competition alive. No, I agree completely, Brad. It's like I was saying, um, disruption's pretty much become the norm for us the last two years. So I'm with you on that, mate. Yeah. And um, before we completely go away from COVID, before this relocation happened, there was news that Jai Arrow um, was going to miss Origin tonight after breaching COVID protocols. Um, you you um, obviously weren't here last week, but Paul and I discussed 
at length the dragons um party fiasco yeah um and we were talking about how every week um paul obviously is uh is a union man and there's the stigma that league players aren't the brightest out there and every <laughs> week an nrl player comes out to try to prove that right and um i kind of thought the dragon situation would be the line in the sand where the players would go no we we can't do this because the news of breaking these protocols is not getting a, a positive reaction from fans and then he goes and does what he did and it's cost him an origin spot and um yeah i don't know i don't know what he was thinking what are your thoughts on these players that just don't seem to understand the rules the the ones that are flouting the rules it just seems like they've got rocks in their head <laughs> i mean and we go back to it again uh looking at looking at the Warriors, you know, that you don't hear anything about our team doing anything like that. And we've sort of, you know, you could almost forgive us for, for some, a, a thing here or there because we've been, you know, away from families and whatnot for two years. But, yeah, it, it, you just see little things like this popping up from certain individuals and it, it does nothing for the look of the game. And, and, and like you say, the, the way – um, league players are perceived in some circles, so it's just silly and, and not called for. But you know, who am I? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm here with my family. I don't know what they're going through, but it, yeah, very silly, especially that yeah. they're in the public eye. You know, so hundred percent. And I, I, there was one more, but it's quite a big part for for us. But um, with all the current situation um, with COVID, it's led to the Warriors' return to Mount Smart in August being cancelled, um, which is um, very big news. I think we we got the the news on Monday. Um, very unfortunate, not only for the Warriors, their players, and the club in general, but for the fans too. Um, you know, we spoke at length on on Monday about it, and. Um, it hit me quite hard. I, I was quite upset when I heard the news. I understood um, the reason, but it's still hard news to take, um, especially if you've kind of circled it on the calendar behind you that you look at every day, going, this is the day we can go back um, and to see it out. And I've spoken to other people, um, and I said my biggest fear right now is that Sydney's situation doesn't get any better and we get an email in like a couple of weeks time saying odds are it looks like we might be stuck here in 2022 as well um because i think not only will that really hurt for fans but i think that would be a huge financial hit for the club um i i did speak about it briefly with paul last week that um at that time it's it's very concerning for the warriors as a new zealand club on how they go forward not saying that they would leave the competition but you might see it to the point where they bite the bullet and just say we are a new zealand team based in australia now and they would get to a point where they stay there and have the occasional game over here that's me completely pie in the skying it but um it's a fear i have um as a as a loyal guy that loves going to penrose um but yeah what are your thoughts on the game uh disappearing I was uh, pretty shattered about the news too, mate. I mean, you know, I was pretty much uh, going to be on a plane and coming over to to participate in that and, and 
relive what it's like to go to a live game and and that fear that you speak about that's you know that's very real it's been a couple of years already and and we were talking about before we went on air it, it's almost like you know if this drags on for much longer it starts to feel like as a club we're losing a bit of our identity you know and we don't have our fortress to play in and and you know these Aussie teams would much rather play us where they're playing us than come over to a cold Auckland and and play us in front of a, a very rowdy Mount Smart you know so it's I think it's it's hurting us um, with performances as well uh, at this point you know so fingers crossed yeah. uh, things sort of level out in the coming months because yeah that's that's the news we don't want to hear. Yeah, definitely. And um, Simon said it'd be interesting to find out how much money the Warriors are making on the Central Coast. Yeah, I have no clue with the figures, but I would find it very hard to believe that they'd be making more money there than they would in Auckland. Um, and from what I've seen and heard from Cameron George, it sounds like the, the money isn't flowing in like you would want as a club um, to keep yourself afloat. So huge concerns it'd be i'd be scared to see how much money they've potentially lost in this one and a half to two seasons um abroad but we'll, we'll keep the warriors train going here um jermaine Tanoa brown has been loaned out to the dragons for the next three games in an effort to help them um with all the suspensions they've got for their mistake um, what are your thoughts on it? I don't mind it in the chance that it gives him game time, but I also feel like the Dragons have been getting let off the hook left, right and centre after their complete balls out. Yeah, 100%. Um, it feels weird that they've had a whole core of players breach protocols and, and um, you know, probably should be punished heavily, which initially it looked like they were getting a pretty heavy punishment, but now they can get a lone player to, to fill holes. Um, yeah, it kind of sits funny with me, but I'm not too sure what this sort of roster looks like once you rub out all those players. I'm pretty sure they, they're staggering the punishments, aren't they? So it's not like... They are. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sits funny with me. I don't. Good for Jermaine because he probably needs some game time and he's not getting a lot right now with us, but yeah... It, Weird that they that they're being punished, but then then they can get a lone player. But I guess they're punishing the players and, and not wanting to punish the club as a whole. Yeah, and um, there was a good point made by Nathan Brown in his post match, um, talking about the suspensions because he said the Dragons players have got a one game suspension for breaching COVID protocol, but his players and Will Chambers from the Sharks, um, they're missing two weeks um because of like quarantine um by not breaking the rules because they did everything right they missed two games but a guy that goes out and breaks it only misses one um which i completely agree with i think they should have done it the same you miss how much time as if you had to go into quarantine but the nrl made its choice and we have to live with it it's just yeah um it feels like they're just getting let off the hook a little bit too much for my liking. Um, but I think this this punishment that they've got is going to see them eventually fall out of the top eight. So mm. maybe that's a better punishment than missing the playoffs. Um, yeah, perhaps. I, I kind of feel like they dealt with Vaughan appropriately, but the yeah. rest got off a little light maybe. You know, I mean, you had players like Corey Norman jumping fences and dropping his wallet and 
Debellin hiding under a bed, but they <laughs> they cop a fine and get a week. So you know, <laughs> Brown is spot on that they've been a bit more naughty than what what our players have, and and our players were sort of just caught in the crosshairs of an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the last I want to talk about COVID for now. Yes. So yeah, um, sounds good. Let's go on to one of my favourite topics, which is front rowers. Uh, Payne Haas is rumoured to be um, on the verge of signing a 10-year deal worth $10 million with the Broncos. Um, it's the biggest deal for a front rower ever. Um, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's a bit of a gamble. I might sound a bit um, controversial here, but I think the big 10-year deal the Cowboys made with Jason Tomololo has yeah. been a mistake. Yeah, I think they're definitely paying him over what he's worth now because of what he was worth back then. And mm -hmm. I think um, you go five, six years into this deal, if it does sign, will Payne Haas be the player that they think he will be at that time? Mm. Well, yeah, it is a weird one. And you're spot on with the, the Tamalula comparison. I mean, Payne Haas is, is a brute of a guy and, and the cornerstone of Brisbane's pack and probably their best forward. Um, so probably worthwhile, good money, and, and he's, he should be on a good chunk of coin as one of their marquee players. But the 10 years thing is weird for me. You know, like you say, um, he is a young man, but in four or five years' time, is he still going to be having that same impact? You, you just don't know. So it's – Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a, it's the length of the deal, not the money. Mm. If they want to pay him a million dollars a year, um, that's – that's fine. But yeah, 10 years. Um, yeah, Simon's just said, what if he breaks his leg in the next four years? Yeah, there's so much that can happen. Um, how many players have we seen this year alone have to retire due to a freak injury or due to concussions? And um, I, you don't, obviously, I don't hope anything bad happens to Payne Haas because I think he's a fantastic player. Um mm. But you just ten years is just such a such a risk um, for a club to invest in a guy. I I like the idea of two and three year deals. I I think you get the the most out of your player. We saw a few years back. You go to Isaac Luke when he was in the final year of his Warriors contract. He played some of his best football he had in years. So he was fighting for something. If you've got that safety blanket of a ten year deal, um, I'm not saying he's going to back off. But you never know. You know, you you don't have the best game. You're still going to have a couple of years up your sleeve. You're not fighting for a contract. Um, mm. I know. I feel it kind of secures both the player and the club if you have those shorter deals. Um, last thing you want is in eight years' time, the Broncos go, mate, we're going to have to cut this contract because our salary cap's out of whack because we didn't plan this properly. Um, who's to say Tyson Gamble doesn't become the next big thing and you need to actually throw millions of dollars at him to keep him around. And then, yeah, you get into that situation where your cap's out of whack. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's It just seems risky to me. Yeah, 100%. It does have ramifications on your salary cap as well. So, oh, it's, it's the gamble they're taking, you know? So, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll I'll keep an eye on it because it hasn't been officially announced. Um, he's got a bit of meat left on his current contract, so I'll keep my ear to the ground and we'll update you guys as soon as we know more. Um, Joseph Sawali is my next bit of news. Um, news came out 
uh, yesterday that he will be out for the rest of the season after injuring his ankle during training requires surgery. Um, but a bit more bad news for the Roosters. Um, another player out for the season. Um, it's it's hard to judge the kid because of his age, but I think he's been a bit of a bust. Um, he was he was filling up my news segments all of last year about where he was going to go, um, and that he was um, the next big big thing. And I think he's been outshone by, I would say. Um, Sam Walker, Reese Walsh, and Dane Lowry, I think, have all outshone him. Um, Middly, he's still very young and has got a big future ahead of him. But I think, yeah, he he could have not played this year um, instead of the Roosters pushing for him and taking some pressure off the kid. But yeah, bad news well, for him. We were kind of saying that before he made his debut, weren't we? We we were sort of both in agreement that it's probably a little too early for him. And um, to be fair to him, he's only he's the youngest of that lot of rookies. So at his age, he probably shouldn't have the amount of expectation or, or hype that went around him. But the NRL hyped him pretty pretty hard. And you know, maybe when you look at it from his the point of view of his age, I don't know about him being a bust, but uh, he's got a lot of time on his on his hands, and he just probably shouldn't have been hyped up as much as he was. But I think. If you look at the Roosters, they've been pretty decimated, probably worse than anybody uh, in terms of injuries. So it's probably out of necess- necessity that they brought him in. But, um, yeah, it doesn't get any better for them. They lose him as well, and they'll, ju- they'll just have to get to the end of the year with a patched-up squad. I've got to say he's a bust just so next season you can bring this back <laughs> and go, yeah. you know, he's – you know, 20 million points ahead of everyone in the Dally M and the best player on the planet, but you said he was a bust. So I've just said it here <laughs> so I can dig a hole for myself next season. Um, right. And the last bit of news before we go into our, our reviews of the games is the World Cup. It's still a bit scratchy, the news, but the news I've seen so far is that the World Cup will go ahead this year. Um, but Australia and New Zealand haven't officially signed on to participate um, due to health concerns for their NRL players due to having to quarantine to get in, having to quarantine to get out. That's effectively a month. Um, and it will bite into the season next year for NRL. So they're not too sure what's going to happen there. If they do completely pull out, potentially it means that we could see expat Kiwis and expat Australians teams represent um, with just Kiwis and Australians that play in the Super League. Um which could be interesting. There's some very good players for both countries up there, so I think they would still be competitive. Um, but I think it would take a bit of sting out. If you take the NRL players away, that effectively the majority of Tonga, Australia, and New Zealand um, key players wouldn't be there and it would kind of make the World Cup not as interesting. But speaking to people I know in England, they're kind of saying their COVID situation's a bit better than what it is in Sydney right now. So... By the time that time comes for World Cup, it might be a lot better. I think if it got to the point where New Zealand or Aussie didn't sign on, if the NRL players weren't going to participate, you might as well just can it, really. Hey? Mm. Um, it would take all of the sting out of the World Cup. That, that's all the best players. And, and it would have a huge asterisk next to whoever won it. <laughs> I mean, it would be hard to take it seriously as a tournament. But um, yeah. 
yeah, we'll just have to see how it develops. If if all if all the players are available to go, I think New Zealand and Aussie would be the main two favourites to take the comp out. Yeah, definitely. And Simon's also said he doesn't see the point um, if Australia, New Zealand, Pacific teams exactly. aren't involved. Exactly. Yeah, I I yeah. think so too. I think it's just it sounds like they have decided they've invested enough money into it that they have to go ahead and they'll make do with what they can. I think if the COVID situation continues getting better um, in a, in the UK, then it should be fine. It's just, it's all about the time. Um, if you lose your players for a month so they can go, they still, even if the World Cup was down here, they still view the NRL um, as better than the World Cup, the the Australians and the NRL in general. So they would rather their players play NRL than internationals, which we've spoken at length. Um, yeah, and Simon's also mentioned that the NRL also provide the players um, for for Lebanon, Greece, and Italy. Yeah, the NRL yeah. most most of your um, smaller nations in the World Cup have one or two mm. decent um, NRL players, kind of keeping them alive. So. I think it would be very lackluster and it would basically just be a way for the UK to get England to win the World Cup in the UK. Um, as facetious as that makes me sound. But um, I'm, I'll keep looking into it because there hasn't been an official release on this news. It's kind of just been drips and drabs that we've got. So hopefully next Wednesday we'll have a bit more information on it so we can cover cover it then. So we may as well get straight into the, the short round um, with the first game of the week. Um, which was Raiders defeating Manly 30-16. to 16. Um, Surprise of the round for me. I think you text me um, before the game started saying, oh, no, Tommy Turbo, I should have changed my pick. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of I thought the same, but then um, as the game kicked off, I was like, we saw um, Manly kind of get over that hoodoo of playing without Tommy Turbo. And I thought the Raiders, the Raiders can't beat their own reserves right now, so it should be an easy win. But I was wrong. Um, the Raiders played really well here. What did you think of the game? I was exactly the same as you, mate. I I thought um, even without Tommy Turbo, I thought the Sea Eagles were in enough good form, and the Raiders were in such poor form that they should still get over them. Um, but it just didn't turn out that way, and and. I guess another example of how important Tommy T is to to Manly. Um, he is their main guy, and and um, the Raiders look look good. You know, Sam Williams and and Xavier Savage on debut had a, had a nice strong debut. Um, yeah, they they went well and, and did did well to pick up the result, which was bad for the Warriors. But we're not yeah. we're not good for ourselves at the moment, anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I think the Raiders, um, yeah, Sam Williams. Sam Williams and Joseph Tuppany, um, Yeah, I think, were the difference. Sam Williams, he scored two tries himself, but his, his kicking game was on point. Um, and Joseph Tuppany, um, I think there was a, pa- a space in the first half that he ran for more metres than the entire Manly pack combined. Yeah. Um, he was that different. And... Um, yeah, Simon said, Simon, obviously our local Raiders fan was shocked that they won. Um, I think everyone was. It was the only game I got wrong in my picks this week. Spoilers for our, our bit a little bit later. Um, 
destroyed my multi on the first game, which was horrible. But um, <laughs> yeah, the Raiders just played. Um, Nigel's mentioned they know how to close a game out. Yeah, they just played smart football. They yeah. um, they took Manly out of the game, which I think was the different. Um, they played with passion, um, which is something that's been missing. I would say as far back as when they lost to the Warriors, um, which seems like a lifetime ago, um, they just um, showed that even as bad as they've been, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, believe it or not. Um, mm. it just They've just got to keep this fire in the belly that they've got in this game. There's that asterisk that it was a, a manly team without DCE and Tommy Turbo, but a win's a win. And... Um, as a fan of a team who doesn't know what it is to win anymore, um, <laughs> you've got to take take them when they come. And, um, yeah, Manly just lacked that Tommy Turbo spark. Um, mm. They were – they. I think I've got the stats here. The Raiders forced eight goal line dropouts. And um, when, you're, when you're spending all your time um, kicking the ball back to the opposition, you're not going to win games. It's very similar to the Warriors game, which we're going to talk about shortly. Just when you're constantly playing off your own goal line, you can't get yourself back into the match. But I fully expect Manly to bounce back once Tommy Turbo's back. But it'll be interesting when we cover their game this week. Tommy Turbo, they've confirmed, will be arrested. So it'll be another game without Tommy Turbo, but they are only playing the Dragons. So mm. um, we'll see. But yeah, um, interesting way to kick off the round. But that flows into our first blowout, which was Friday night's game with the Rabbitohs wiping the floor with the Cowboys 46 18. Um, so the first game was a shock to me. This game was no surprise at all. It's kind of, it kind of went how I expected. Um, I thought Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds. Um, put on a clinic, which I also expected after neither of them got the call up for the New South Wales. I thought we'd see a bit of a, a step up from them to kind of say, this is what you're missing. Um, they they combined to create five tries, um, including an impressive tap-on from Cody Walker um, that led to, led to Tane Milne's third try. Um, what did you think of this game? Um, it was quite a spectacle um, to watch. Oh, it annoys me seeing Tane Milne score score hat tricks like that. You know, would have loved to have seen him get a crack with us when he when he spent some time here. Uh, yeah, that that's hurtful. But yeah, Walker and Reynolds, they're a classy combo, and I think the Rabbitohs will really miss Reynolds next year because they're, they're the perfect combo. Those two, you know, they complement each other so well. Um, so Reynolds will be a hard guy to replace. But yeah, the Rabbitohs just played, uh, you know way too much of a up-tempo game for the Cowboys who have really fallen off the past past few weeks after they had a really good period. But, um, yeah, I expected this result as well. So the Rabbitohs just man-for-man man look too classy. Um, and they'll, they'll – I think they're one of the only other teams that might threaten the big two if they keep all their key key troops on the paddock. Yeah, um, they, yeah, again, they were only facing the Cowboys, but they were playing without a lot of their big names too. There was no Latrell, no Damien Cook. Yeah. Um, Jai Arrow obviously wasn't there for other reasons. But, <laughs> um, yeah, they they just show, I, I've said it so many times, um, that when they know how to hold on to the ball, they can run up scores on anybody. doesn't mm. matter who you are. 
they'll put a big score on you if they know how to hold on to the ball. And yeah, getting all those guys back after Origin um, makes them even stronger. And yeah, they're besides your top two guys, besides your Panthers and Storm, these guys are the the Smokies that could upset. Um, if you tell me, like in um, a preliminary final, if the Rabbitohs manage to beat Panthers or the Storm, I wouldn't be entirely shocked. I, I'd be a no. bit surprised, but on their day, they can beat any team. Um, and yeah, the Cowboys, their season's over. Um, hasn't been a great year for them, but they've shown glimpses throughout the year. As you said, they had a, a, a few good patches, mm. and they've got some talented players joining them next year, um, which should see them improve. Um, I think Peter Hickou's going to be very good for them. Um, and, yeah, Chad Townsend and um, Tommy Dearden, I think, will be quite a good little halves unit um, for them. So there, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for them. It's just not coming in 2021. That brings us to Saturday's game. Um, game that was a lot closer than I thought it would be. The Roosters holding on to beat the um, the Bulldogs 22-16. Um, thought it was a great game to watch. Um, I like seeing the Bulldogs um, almost scoring upsets. Um, with what's happening to the Warriors, I, I don't want to see the Bulldogs win, though. Yes. <laughs> I want to kind of keep some distance there. But um, I think, unfortunately for me, um, the sad part for me is the only thing talked about from this match is Sam Walker running 90 metres the wrong way to wind down the clock. Um I, you're you're the back out of the two of us. What was your take on it? I didn't see any issue with it. I know there's been some people, and I knew you wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> um, people saying that it, it flies in the face of sportsmanship. But um, if I had to see the Warriors run a hundred meters the other way to secure a win, I wouldn't complain at all. If I was seeing the team my team was playing against do that i'd be annoyed mm. but um it's not against the rules but there are rumors at the nrl looking into making it a rule to stop things like that in the future but um what is your take on running the wrong direction to wind down the clock oh there's some people that say it's no different from people in the last 30 seconds or so taking a hit up and laying down on the ground for 10 15 seconds and getting up to play yeah. the ball real slowly um and saying that, yeah, I kind of had the same look on my face that Trent Robinson did up in the <laughs> coach's box. You know, I mean, <laughs> if I say what I, I really think, then it, it might not be a uh, – this might be an adults-only show because I wouldn't have minded someone going up to him and, um, you know, giving a bit of biffo like the old days. <laughs> but, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, it's smart. He he ran out the whole clock. Um, it just looked – it looked stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it looked wrong, you know. It, it stunk of to use to use the old sayings, not in the spirit of the game. Uh, but you know, yeah. I, I was impressed by the Bulldogs. Um, it was good for the Bulldogs to be in the fight in that game against a side like the Roosters. You know, not, not many people would have tipped that, and 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 they fought really hard. I just. In that moment with Sam Walker running back, I just felt sorry for the Bulldogs. Yeah, when I saw it, I was kind of hoping that someone in the Bulldogs team would be able to manage to catch him and do like a one-on-one strip and score a yeah. try off it. Because um, as much as I don't mind what he did, I think it would have looked 
it would have been funnier if he did that and he made a mistake and cost yeah. his team the game because it it's kind of a a, a dickhead move if you will doing yeah. that it's kind of like the the cocky kid that can do everything kind of showboating in a way um so if the bulldogs had managed to get there and cause something to happen um i think it would have been funny and entertaining mm. um but yeah they brought like you said they brought the fight to the roosters which um it's a thing it, it's kind of that catch 22 you want your team to win but if they lose you want them to go down swinging um, yeah. you want to say like you want to leave the game going that my team did everything they could to win that game there was just a better team out there um mm. i think that's the best way of seeing your team lose it's never good to see them lose but if you know they gave it everything they had um you can't really question it and i think that's what we saw here they gave everything they had um unfortunately jake hetherington had a hetherington moment and yeah, um, as he does had a high shot that kind of secured the win um for the roosters which is a bit unfortunate but that's the type of player the board when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dogs sign there, they know that, you know, every now and then something like that will happen with him um and yeah the roosters it wasn't pretty but they got the job done i think jared warrior hardgraves had another outstanding game um he ran for over 200 meters um mm. and he kind of helped get that platform up for sam walker and drew hutchinson and um i think they're, they're still going to be a playoffs team the roosters but we've seen what happens when they play the top tier team so i don't see them going deep but mm. I can just see how dangerous this team's going to be next year when you've got Luke Carey and Sam Walker together in the halves. Yeah. Um, I think they're, they've got um, premiership contenders written all over them for next year. Um, oh, and I was um, I was glad you brought up Warrior Hargraves because I was about to ask you, being that's that's your domain, he he was monstrous. I thought he the ball, the Roosters almost won that off, off the back of him and he sort of threw the team on his back and, not only the 215 meters, but so many like bone jarring hits. Um, yeah, I thought he was immense. And there was a moment, it's hard to, oh, it's a lot easier to hear it now because there's no fans there. But there was a moment where um, Morris um, mistimed his defensive run and you mm. could hear Hargraves ripping into him um, yeah. with the mics um, about making the mistake. And it's, it's not an experienced forward. Um, ripping into a, a rookie, Morris is very experienced as well. So it's good to see he's got that leadership quality there to, it doesn't matter who you are, you've got a job to do, 
if you do it wrong, he's going to call you out rather than be quiet because you're one of the experienced guys too. So um, it's good to see, and they need their experienced guys to step up with all the, the injuries they've had. So, mm. um, yeah, I, th- I think it was a great win from them. Um, it's They're kind of the opposite to the Warriors at the moment, where the Warriors are losing by small margins every week, and the Roosters are winning by small margins. It doesn't matter who you play. It's always a, a small margin win um, or Warriors a small margin loss. So um, yeah. I definitely know what side of it I'd rather be on, but um, just shows that they they don't have uh, the the tools in the tank really to blow out teams, but they can get the job done, which is what you need, especially if you with the ladder as close as it is. Mm. Um, but that takes us to the last game. Um, let's let's skip it here from the standoff rugby league show on Wednesday nights. The Sharks have inflicted another defeat on the Warriors, 20 points to 12, and left the Warriors' chance of finishing in the top eight, hanging by a thread. The Warriors actually scored first, with Reese Walsh collecting a grubber to to score, but then some, some basic errors and poor defence by the Warriors let the Sharks back in the game with three unanswered tries. And then the Sharks kicked a penalty goal before halftime to take them to halftime, 20 points to 6 up. The Warriors did peg back a try in in the second half with Roger Tuivasa-Shek dotting down, but um, it wasn't to be for the Warriors, and the Sharks hang on for a much-needed two points in this game. Look at the tears in those eyes. I was just going to say, listen to the heartbreak. I can't let you skip it over, guys. I've had to had to step in there and, uh, and, and 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 get a match report. You can there was feel no the game. Heartbreak. It was it was yeah. cancelled due to COVID. Never happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you could hear the heartbreak there. I'm very thankful that you do those for Paul for his his weekly hours morning news update because I don't yep. know if I could do it. That one was difficult. Let me tell you. Um, yeah. So as as you said, there heartbreaking. Um, I thought the Warriors had this game in the bag. I still um, I still stay after that 80 minutes. I still think the Warriors were the better team for an hour of that game. There was just that 20 minutes at the end of the first half where the Warriors disappeared. Um, that's when the Sharks scored all their points. They didn't score any more points. It was just in that 20 minutes that they managed to put their 20 points on. And um, that was the end of the game, really. Um, the the Sharks couldn't score any more points in that second half, but they did enough to make sure the Warriors couldn't. The Warriors did not help themselves. They made plenty of errors. But Sean Johnson, and probably the only highlight for me, Sean Johnson completely destroyed the Warriors by um, with his kicking game, keeping them on their goal line, which was horrible to see right now, but hopefully that's something that continues next year when he's wearing a Warriors jersey. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was, a, that was, that was a silver lining for me. Seeing that, yeah. that's that was the one silver lining because that just outlined to me exactly what we're lacking. You know, our halves at the moment are really struggling to put any sort of attacking flow into our game, and and you know, to see Sean go out there and pretty much take that game on his back and pin us in our own end um, after they'd scored all those points in that little period. And then he pretty much said, you guys aren't, aren't going to take this game off us. Um, yeah. 
really tough to watch. And then they were doing all those stupid um, try celebrations. This is me being really, uh, really um, salty now. But yeah, I was, um, I was throwing stuff. There, yeah, there is a reason for all the try celebrations, which yeah, I wasn't aware of. Um, it's try July, and they're raising money for um, Masoi. And um, so they're basically that, being encouraged to score, yeah. uh, do a celebration after every try. And I must admit, um, Braden um, Ueli's celebration has that was got good. the try celebration of the year for me, where yeah. um, it legitimately looked like he punched out one of his playmate uh, teammates. Because um, of the camera angle, it was kind of quick. All I saw was him throw a punch, and I thought he had hit one of the Warriors players for something. Um but then it was all fake, and he did a, a people's elbow for all the wrestling fans out there. Um, very hard to take. Um, it was very yeah. good to watch later on. But as yeah. a Warriors fan, seeing him score that try and then do that, uh, as you said, it was very salty. Um, but, yeah, before – but it wasn't all bad for the Warriors. Um, you – I assume you didn't watch our show last week because you weren't on it, you narcissist. But um, I watched it later. You asked – <laughs> you asked your question about my my thoughts on Matt Lodge, yeah. and um, I th- I think Matt Lodge um, played he was great. pretty well. Him, yeah, him and Adam Fanor Blake um, kind of like the the Warriors little Bash brothers. They work really well together, which kind of was what I expected. The biggest problem though was when they go off. Um, yeah, the the Warriors kind of nosedive. Um, so they have to fix that. They've got some great props in their rotation. Um, mm. So they've just got to work on when your Bunties, well, Bunty didn't get on for a long time, but when your other props come on, um, they need to bring the same level as those two. Um, yeah. Even if you stagger it where um, I, yeah, I don't, don't even get me started on Nathan Brown's interchange rotation. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think they, um, yeah, they did really well in the pack, um, and it was the halves that let yeah. them down. Um, I keep throwing Sean O'Sullivan under the bus because I keep saying halves, but I think Sean O'Sullivan played pretty well for yep. what he's capable of doing. Um, mm. I think Cody, Cody was an anchor. He he didn't at all. Do I any, don't. Didn't it, do anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't like saying because it, it makes me feel like I'm personally attacking the guy, but. Um, I'm not trying to. I just don't think he offered anything of value. And um, we've spoken in the news parts and previous episodes that he wants to stay in Australia. And with the way he's playing, I don't see any team even offering him anything, Um, which potentially means he could be stuck with the Warriors. And if he's stuck at the Warriors and not wanting to be there, how much worse is he going to get? Because he already looks like he's playing like a guy that doesn't want to be out there. Yeah. Um, the funny thing but, is, Brad, when you look at the stats of our team, when you look look at Cody's stats for line engagements and, and try assists, he's head and shoulders above Chanel Harris Tavita and Sean O'Sullivan. Well, I guess he should be because they've kind of split the season half and half, those other two guys. But yeah. he just lately feels like he's really fallen off the wagon, hasn't he? He has. And um it's um he doesn't have the excuse now. Um, I used to make excuses in the past saying he can't do what he needs to do as a half because the forwards aren't doing their job. He had 
um, arguably two of the top props in the game right now in Lodge and Fanua Blake out there getting them on the momentum. The Warriors were getting all the way down the field with no issues. Um, mm. It was just once they got there, um, they couldn't do anything with it. Admittedly, the first try Reese Walsh got started with a Cody kick, but yeah. it went through several phases after that before we scored Cody. Cody's kick kind of went nowhere, and it was um, Dylan yeah. Modernese-Zesniak that kind of got it back rolling with a grubber. And um, I've said it in my reviews a few times, but when your over-100-game experience guy, Nick Arima, is looking at an 18-year-old to lead his back line, that's concerning um, yeah. for me personally. He, he might not feel comfortable being the leader of the team, but that is his role right now because there is no one else. And mm. if he does want to be a halfback at any club in the NRL, he needs to show that he can do it. If he goes to the Titans or goes anywhere, they don't want him to play second fiddle. They need him to come in and be a leader, and he's showing that he can't. Um, yeah. As harsh as it is, I'm sure he's a great guy, and I um, wish him nothing but the best, but I just don't see him as a half. I think he's a he's a number 14. He's your utility yeah. that comes in. That is what he's best at, and that's how the Broncos use him. That's how the Kiwis use him. That's how, if he wants to be successful in the NRL, he has to just admit that he's not a half he's he's that interchange guy and that number 14 is one of the most valuable players in your team um yeah. so many of the the best teams in the comp have a great number 14 that comes in and changes the tempo and um i don't think it's a detriment to be that player mm. so um yeah i, I could spend all night <laughs> going on about, about it how about um how about we talk about the whiz kid because I know we. Yes. You sort of said we look like we fell off the wagon a bit when Lodge and Fenor Blake went off, but a couple a couple of sharks tries actually came when Walsh Walsh made a mistake spilling a grubber. They score. He kicks um, the kickoff out on the full. They come up the field and score again. So I, I, he did look dangerous, but I, I guess maybe he showed like he was a couple of weeks out of action as well. Looked a bit rusty, perhaps. Yeah, he's he's always had a mistake or two in him, um, but I think it's you can kind of balance it out because he gives you so much compared to what you potentially lose. Um, but yeah, he has had a couple of weeks. You know, he was he missed yeah. because of Origin um, and then the injury, so he would have been a bit rusty. But as everyone has said that has met him or played or trained with him. He learns from his mistakes. So yeah. these are all little things that he's making those mistakes now. So now next week, you won't see him make those mistakes. Fingers crossed. Fingers um, crossed. So, yeah, it's all learning. He is only young. Um, yeah. And I don't think there was anyone in that Warriors team that was going to stop um, Raiden from scoring that try. Um, no. He... <laughs> It was very comical how we jumped on him to try to stop him. But, um, yeah, those those little, like, the dropping the grubber and things like that were, were unfortunate. But there was – you could probably name five or six Warriors that made silly handing errors yeah. like that in that game. Um, Jack Murchie did two in a row. Oh, and, yeah, that was 
Our attack does look a lot better with him there, though, doesn't it? Like, just despite yeah. a mistake or two, he, he does make us look that that bit more dangerous. We just need to be finishing yeah. those chances. Exactly. So we'll stop there. Otherwise, we'll, we'll talk about it for hours. So we'll go into our picks and the ladder, if you've got it there, Paul. So um, I got three out of four this week. I only got the Raiders-Manly game wrong. And you only got two out of four because you picked Manly and you backed the Warriors. Um, Foolish. Foolishly, um, <laughs> which sees me now leading for the first time this year. Um, 90 out of 128, and you're one behind on 89 out of 128. Um, and then, yeah, so we look at our ladder there. Um, not No changes in the top four um, with Melbourne, Penrith, Rabbitohs, and Eels still there. Brewsters are sticking in at um, fifth. Manly, despite the loss, have stayed at six. Um, Dragons and the Sharks are keeping themselves alive at seventh and eighth. Um, Newcastle was sitting there at ninth, Titans at 10th, Raiders 11th, Cowboys 12th, and the Warriors after that loss have sunk all the way down to 13th, um, just marginally ahead of the Tigers, Broncos, and uh, Bulldogs. Sorry, um, I said it last week, so I'm going to have to stick to my guns and say that if the Warriors lost to the Sharks, that's them done. Where would we cut off? Would you cut off at 10th or 11th? Do you? I'm going to give Canberra a wee outside chance and cut off at 11 because Canberra yeah. looked decent on, on the weekend. Um, it just I just feel like there's such a gap between the top four and the rest. No, and I'd probably throw Manly in there when, when they've got uh, yeah. their key, key players. Um, but this season's just been such a, a top tier and then the rest just battling out, battling it out. It's been a funny old season like that where we seen most of the bottom bottom half of the competition getting blown out by the top top teams um but exactly, seven and eight yeah. seven and eight is very open all the way down to canberra i think it's we've seen it for a while now but whoever out of those five teams seven down to 11 um can get a few results go their way that, that they can lock it in yeah who do you think I, I who think... do you think it's going to be I think the dragons are going to fall out, um, yeah, but I've been I saying that. that. I've been saying that every week, and they keep sticking around. Um, I think Cronulla will stay. I think they'll yeah. manage a few, enough wins to keep themselves in. But yeah, I'm either going with the Knights or the Raiders to squeak in. Mm. Um, I think the the Knights have got Ponga, Pierce. They've got all their their big names back. The Raiders, if the Raiders play like they did against Manly, they they've got an okay run. They're playing the Warriors and, and a few other teams that they should be able to beat if they play to that level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Cowboys and Warriors, um, I think are done. Uh, the Warriors, you never know if the Warriors manage to somehow win every game, um, then they're back in contention. But they're playing the Panthers and the Rabbitohs back to back, which should effectively end their season. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'd say Raiders or Knights with the Dragons to fall out. I that, think that yeah, the Dragons with all their naughty boys being suspended, I, th- I think that they'll drop out for sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's the table. And uh, are there any questions, Paul, or did we kind of answer them as we went, like I always seem to do? Uh, you've been answering them as you've as you've gone along, really. So yeah, I'm just too I'm too um, efficient. 
apologies um but we we do have questions that we um write down for ourselves richie um i ours are our questions are very similar this week um i will go with mine first because yours kind of segues into our predictions so um sure. my my question was what's happened to the warriors they've lost five in a row now how do they turn things around I don't think we do this season, uh, Brad. It might sound a bit doom and gloom, but just the way we've been dropping um, dropping a lot of close games against teams we we really should be should be beating. I don't I don't see us beating the Panthers and, and the Rabbitohs. And for me, I've just got my fingers crossed we jag another win or two um, before the year's out. But I'm not holding my hopes too high. Um, I just feel like playing away from home now is starting to weigh on us and we haven't been able to put the same team on the park for two consecutive weeks for such a long time. You know, we're getting hit pretty hard with the injuries like the Roosters have, but we don't seem to cope with it like they do. Um, and no. we're just lack, we're just lacking consistency and, and um, it shows with our halves, you know, we the partnerships just aren't there and, and, it's affecting our performance. So, yeah, it does sound doom yeah. and gloom, but I've, I've sort of – I don't think we will turn things around this year. I'm pinning all my hopes on next year. <laughs> yeah, they – after these next two games, they do have very winnable games. Um, but I'd say three three out of the last five have been very winnable games that they haven't exactly. won. So yeah. um, the only glimmer I say is that Chanel Harris-Tavita and Chad Townsend will be healthy um, Chad could be playing as early as this week. Um, yeah. But well, in a couple help. of weeks, Chan Chanel's back. And I think if you have those two in the halves and potentially kick Cody to that 14 role that I keep mm -hmm. going on about, um, they should have enough to beat. They have the Broncos and the Bulldogs in the, the run home. And yeah. they should be, if they don't beat the Bulldogs, there's serious issues. Um, no disrespect just... to the Bulldogs, but... I just so, feel like the next two weeks will write us off. That's that's all I'm yeah. saying, I guess. Yeah. So is 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 the problem Nathan Brown, or is or or um or is he still the right man to to stay in charge next year? Brad, <laughs> I don't think entirely his problem. I, think I don't. Perfect storm of different problems. I think. Um. Uh, yeah. Perfect storm. I personally, I'm. I, I don't like doing this because he's a former prop, but it's just a Morgan's fault. <laughs> I want him gone. Um, Justin Morgan is the defensive coordinator of the team. And if there's one thing the Warriors have been horrible at this year and in patches last year, it's their defense. Um, they, you look at those, those 20 minute periods that happen every week. There's a 20 minute period where the floodgates open and their defense doesn't hold its shape. And, um, yeah, if he's the guy that's organizing the defensive game plan, it's got to fall on him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we're, we've spent well over a decade um, firing coaches because they're not getting wins and it's never worked. It's never worked in the past. It's not firing coaches now is not going to change it. And um, he, uh, if there's one thing Brown's been good at, it's been developing teams. So even if he gets them to the point where they've got a good little team going, you see, Simon, Simon's, he, I've got an earbud, Simon's telling me these things as I go. Um, 
if um if he can get the team to a point where they've got a good roster and then someone else comes in and takes over, but like you've seen at Newcastle with Adam O'Brien, um, then so be it. But yeah, he's he's only been there um a short spell and in his first year as the coach of the club, having to coach a whole bunch of Kiwis that are missing their family at home. I don't think you can there, – there's too many outside influences to sit there and go, this is your fault, Nathan. Let's kick you out and get someone else. And mm-hmm. there's no one else. Do you it's, think it's, – It's it's not like think, there's a 100 top-tier first-grade coaches waiting around for a job because there no, isn't. There's not. But do you think um, those defenses, defensive lapses you speak of, you, do you think that's got anything to do – Maybe not so much of a coaching thing, but maybe it's got a bit to do with one week we've got Aitken at centre, then the next week we've had Berry or, or Pompey. Uh, you know what I mean? Like like we were saying about those combinations changing every week. Possibly, but they're all training together. So in theory, the game plan shouldn't change too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's hard to say because we're not there. Um Mm. We um and and Mark hasn't joined us this week. Who's our insider? Um, but now that the game's been moved out of Sydney, he maybe he's on the outer now. So, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, but that um that may as well go into your question now before we segue into the previews. Um, sure. Before we go. So I wanted to stay Warriors related with you too. Um, we yeah. may as well. Um. So focusing in on this week's game, do you rate us any outside chance of beating the Panthers, keeping in mind who the Panthers will be missing in their lineup? And we've seen that affect them already this year. Um, are we any outside shot? And if so, what do we need to do to pull off that upset? Um, if the Panthers' bus breaks down, that, that would help. Um, no, in all seriousness, um, it's going to spoil my pick for later. I don't think so. Um, I think even without their their two halves, they've still got a lot of talent out there. Matt Burden is, is going to be out there, and he could do some damage to the Warriors. And the Warriors, they're they're always they're that team. Yeah, you know, you followed them enough. They're that team where you completely say they've got no chance and they go out and prove everybody wrong. So they could come out and dominate the Panthers and get all our hopes up. Um, but I just don't see it. I, I think those lapses are going to continue. And I don't... Chad might have a chance. If Chad comes in to the Habs, I'm more confident. But if we're looking at Cody and Sean O'Sullivan in the Habs again... I don't think it's going to um, bode well. So, yeah, short but sweet. There, there's always a chance for an upset, but I just don't see it happening. Um, spoiler for my pick later on. So we're a, we're a puncher's chance using boxing analogy, but... Always, not a, always a puncher's chance, but, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be putting my house on it. Yep, fair enough. Um, so we may as well go into our, our predictions and our draw um obviously tonight um we've got new south wales and queensland um obviously you're going for new south wales yep um i'm going for queensland um (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll we'll keep it like that um it should be an interesting game i think i think it's better um 
no halves for New South Wales gives gives Queensland a bit more of a chance. But yeah, yep. um, we'll see how that goes. But first up, um, we've got updated venues, obviously, due to all the changes. But um, mm-hmm. first up, we've got Titans versus Eels. I've gone with the Eels. Yep. Um, I yeah. just think, yeah, Eels are too strong. Um, Agreed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Um, then the next game is Manly versus St. George. I've gone with Manly despite Tommy Turbo being advised he's not playing. I yep. just think, um, yeah, Dragons without some of their players um, are not going to have the job to get it done. Um, first game on Saturday, we've got the Raiders versus Sharks. This is actually the only game we've gotten different because I've gone with the Sharks and I see you've picked the Raiders. Yeah, well, um, let's go Raiders. Um, <laughs> um, I'm on the Sean Johnson bandwagon now that he's a warrior again, and I think he's going to get them home. I hope not, because I need to catch up to you on the picks, and, and yeah, <laughs> this will do it. So let's go Raiders. And I, I, this was a tough one because I, I think it should be a close game. If if the Raiders play like they did last week, it'll it'll be a nice tight game. Hopefully, they don't get off to a, a first half lead and then and throw it away like they have done so often this year. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Next up, we've got Cowboys Roosters. I've gone with the Roosters. As as we said earlier, I think the Cowboys season's done. So um, I think the Roosters will, will get the job done here. Yeah, me too. That patched up squad just seems to keep um, picking up wins against teams like this. Um, and, and they'll, you know, they'll rub some more salt into the Cowboys' wound, I think. Definitely. Uh, next up game, um, pretty easy one for me as well. We've got the uh, the Storm versus the Knights. I've gone with Storm. Um, I think, yeah, too strong. They'll have their Origin boys back as well. Um, I think they'll they'll dust up the Knights. I think so too. And, and look at all these results that would have been so good for us had we just won a couple of our last games, you know? Yeah. Because um, I think the Storm will, should run up a score on the Knights and that would have been most of the teams around us losing, but here we are. Yep, here we are. And then that leads to the Warriors game, Warriors versus Panthers. Um, I've gone with the Panthers here, um, as we just mentioned in that, my answer to your question. I They're, they're a puncher's chance, but I think Penrith are just too strong. Yeah, I have to go against us. I think the Warriors have done me dirty the past couple of weeks, so <laughs> <laughs> they've lost my faith. It's very un- unwarrior-like, you know. You're supposed to keep the faith, but yeah, I can't can't see it this week. Uh, then second to last game, we have got Broncos versus Tigers. Um, this one was a hard one for me, but I've gone with the Broncos. The um, Broncos have been putting some combinations together, and I think Katoni Stags will be a factor that gets them over the, the Tigers who have been patchy at best. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Both teams have been struggling this year, but I think looking back to the Broncos' last game where they beat the Sharks, um, yeah, they're not completely spent. They still have some fight in them. And yeah. um, being at home and Tony Stagg's back, I think it helps them quite a bit. So I think Broncos might edge that one. Definitely. And then the last game of the round, probably one of the easier ones to pick, the Rabbitohs and Bulldogs. I've gone with the Rabbitohs by a country mile. Um, I know I said I like seeing the Bulldogs put some fight together, but I don't see them being able to do that against the top four team. Yeah, 100%. The Rabbitohs should be way too strong there. Yep. So that's our picks. We've got everything the same bar that Raiders-Sharks game. So Come we'll on, know Raiders. if you're... Um, 
Oh, and I see we've got, I'll go with Simon's question um, or his pick. Simon's picked the Titans by six, Seagulls by 10, Raiders by six, Roosters by 10, Storm by 20, Panthers by 20, Tigers by four, and Rabbitohs by 24. So, um, nice. yeah, there you go. You'll hope he gets that right because he's picked the same as you. Um, yeah. And I also see he asked a non-rugby league question. Um, he's asked if I'm a New York Giants fan. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, um, yeah he is. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, I got to go to their last home game in 2011, um, the year that before they went to their, their last Super Bowl win. Um, so that was a great year for me. I got to watch the Warriors in a grand final and then my, my Giants in Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah. Love it, but don't know enough about it to do a, a, a show about it, Paul, before you start asking ideas. I, um, um, I was a Patriots fan, but then the last season I, I became a Buccaneers fan, so I'm just winning every year. Yeah, so you just follow whatever team's doing good. That That's always great. Um, <laughs> we don't want to do that in rugby league, but um, no. yeah. It's, um, it's a good sport for me to watch because it kind of fills in the period in um, the NFL kind of starts when the NRL finishes and then the NFL finishes and NRL's back. So um, it's, it's my sport of choice when the NRL's not there. But before we go, we may as well do a brief cover of over the Super League. Um, the the only little bit of news other than COVID, I kind of skipped the COVID stuff because I knew we'd talk about it a lot at the start. But um, George Williams has officially signed with the Warrington Wolves, um, as we kind of all expected, especially after Greg Inglis being released. Um, believe it's a two-and-a-half-year deal, um, starting effective immediately once he gets through um, having to quarantine and whatnot. Um, so good, good deal for Warrington. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Blake Austin over there because... They want to keep um, Gareth Widdop. So you got Gareth Widdop, George Williams, and Blake Austin now. One one of those is going to have to miss. Um, I haven't seen any news on if any other teams are interested in picking Austin up, but I'll keep my eye, um, my eye on it, and hopefully we have some more news there. Um, I see, see poor, poor Simon says he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. Um, I don't know how you how you get through the day being a Raiders fan and a Vikings fan. Um, tough times for both. But um, we go into our round 14 review. Two games were postponed. The Hull FC Lee and Hull KR Warrington both got postponed due to COVID. So we only had um, four games play. We had Catalans defeat Leeds 26-18. St. Helens defeat Wakefield 30-14. Um, Wigan finally got a win again after what seems like an age, beating Huddersfield 16-12. And then Salford wiped the floor with Castleford 70-18. to um, So quite a big blowout there. And, yeah, then the two postponents. Um, this week's a bit different um, in terms of for the preview. Um, round 15 officially starts after our next show, so we'll cover it then. But this week, there's three games, which are basically catch-up games. So games that were postponed in other rounds are getting played this week. So um, a round 10 clash is getting played between Catalans and Leeds. Then Salford and Wakefield are playing the round 12 clash that got missed. 
And then lastly, Huddersfield and Wigan are playing their round 10 game. So a um, bit of a, a weird situation, but it's just trying to catch up. Um, no idea on when those other two games that have been postponed this week um, are going to happen. Um, but yeah, so just the three games that we'll cover next week um, before we preview the entire round 15. Um, so any more, anything from you before we go, Richie? Uh, give us your... Um... Give us your score prediction for tonight, Brad. You think you think um, New South Wales is going to be the only team Why? to win th- three in enemy territory, or what's your score line? Why? Why? Why do you want to keep talking about Origin? Because um, uh, because <laughs> I've had so many years of embarrassing results for my team, so I like to drag on these convos. 18-12 Queensland. Nice. Okay, I uh, think it's going to be closer this week. I'll go. I'll go 24-18, New South Wales. It'd be a C. Simon's gone with me, Maroons by six. Um, nice. Yeah, it's it's just been hard for me, Richie. Um, as a Warriors fan and a Queensland fan, it hasn't been a good couple of uh, months. Yeah. And I just want, I want the pain to stop. So seeing the Maroons win um, would let me go to bed very happy tonight. Um, Fair enough. But it could happen. Yeah, but that's it for us tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us on The Standoff with Brad and Richie. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. For your weekly update on Rugby League, remember to tune into our show at 8pm next week here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, Thank you for joining me tonight, Richie, and good night, everyone. Thanks, all.